Blog Talk Radio. Listen to me. Because I really don't care no more about what anybody thinks. Because if we're going to go down this road and make a covenant, we can't make another covenant with death. You said, Tavis, what is that word about promise? What the, Barbara Jordan, what the American people want is simple. They want an America as good as its promise. Well, America is no good at all. If you have made a promise that you don't keep, what are you? You are a liar. Did they promise the Native Americans? Did they write it in treaties? Did they fulfill it? Did they promise us 40 acres and a mule? Did they fulfill it? Brown versus the Board of Education. 50 years later, where's the promise? Is it fulfilled or are we still in segregated schools? The right to vote. You got it? But the minute they gave it to you, they were finding ways to take it back from you. Can't you open your eyes and see the house is burning? We are dying every day, and we're in a hell of a condition because we've made a covenant with a government that is death itself, with a people that have lied to us, deceived us, and murdered us, and rubs us good on one side and kicks us in the behind on the other. You are a deceived people. If you don't have the testicular fortitude, to say what needs to be said, then sit down and stop trying to say you speak for our people and the hurt of the poor. Now I close. Excuse me. I think I'm getting excited. I applaud this covenant. But it demonstrates our impotence. Because in many of the chapters, it keeps going back to not only what we do, but really, we start looking to the same liar that has continued to promise, but never fulfilled. And that's why God said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive your sins and heal your land. So don't look to them. Look to God. Look to yourself. Break your covenant with hell and death. Then make a covenant with black America and let's help implement a road map that will free us and the whites that will be freed can be freed by this. The Mexicans, the Hispanics can be freed by this road map. We are a universal people. But those at the top, they're on their way to hell. And if I got any power, I want to push them into hell as fast as I can. Good evening. Good evening and welcome to another edition, episode 
segment of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Now, um, before I get off into the the delight of a possible check on this president's authority. Because make no mistake about it, Tuesday was a blue wave. Absolutely was a blue wave. And uh, if you don't think so, let me know. 929-477-2867. I'll give you all of the ways it has changed the playing field. And I'll give you all of the ways that if Democrats stand up with a spine for a change, it'll be a true check on this president. But before I get before I delve into that, let me go on a personal note. And that personal note is this. I've been gone for two weeks. And in that two weeks of time, I have welcomed two new additions, great-grandchildren, great-grandsons, to the clan, (laughs) to the group, to the party. Carter and Cairo were born October 24th of 2018. And... um, I'm looking forward to meeting them in person. They aren't yet of age to get beat up, but um, I can't wait to meet them. They have gotten, with um, modern technology, they're in Waterloo, Iowa. I'm here in Chicago. So I only get to see them through a Facebook post or Duo or IMO or Give it a name. There's so many of them out there for communications and um, and keeping in touch with those who are at a distance. So I welcome two new great-grandchildren into the flock. And this evening, much to my displeasure, I was unable to attend the wedding of one of my granddaughters. They are getting married even as I speak. I've had um, I've had a tough day today. I almost canceled the program because um, things just aren't. I'm not feeling too well, but I soldier on. Regardless, I soldier on. And I'll do this as long as I can for as much as I can. But between the new great-grandchildren, how do they call it? I'm blessed. And the marriage of my granddaughter, I'm blessed. Um, 
those are events that I miss because they're out of state. And I guess that's the downside. And the downside simply has to be all I get. That's all I got coming. But let me get it back into this. Uh, let me get this started. Let's start some stuff. Blue wave or what? Blue wave? You don't think so? Give me a call. Ring me up. You can ring my bell. Let me know why this isn't a blue wave. Because tell me why it's not, and I'll give you at least 15 to 20 reasons why it is. As we see the fallout from this blue wave that the clown-in-chief, the coward that sits in the Oval Office, will never admit within, see if we care, see if I care, whether or not he admits it or not. Um, he seems to be missing one thing. Hey, maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. That's exactly right. He just got their asses kicked as they, um, can you believe this? Can you believe what some of the candidates that they promoted or that they backed? You got two um, alt-right neo-Nazi Holocaust deniers, one here in Illinois, he crashed and burned and went down to defeat. And one in California, he crashed and burned and went down to defeat. They backed a dead pimp. And the dead pimp won. So um, the guy was the proprietor, was the owner, the, the CEO of the Mustang Ranch in Nevada. And those sycophants elected him, elected him to serve in the House of Representatives. Well, that ain't happening. Like I said, my condolences to his family, but That's neither here nor there at this point. He lost, pure and simple. The level of flawed candidates that they paraded in front of the American people lost. And those who aren't too keen on Democrats, like myself, I'm keen on progressives, liberal progressive Democrats. 
the Democratic Party is feeling the grasp of hands around their throats to drag them, kicking and screaming, literally drag them back to the left. So what I'll do this evening is try to cover with you as much as possible because for the Republican Party, and this is how they were in 2008, and we couldn't keep them there. Why? Because they never go home, number one, and they chip away, chip away, chip away. But instead of them chipping away, chipping away, I think the youth that turned out, the millennials as they call them, who never vote, and get this, the millennials vote at a clip of 8%. The numbers that I got was that millennials voted at 11%. Now, what if that were 25%? There's still a great deal of work to do. This is no time to rest. This is no time to disperse the crowd and go home. We have to keep the Republicans in a sense of, um, let's say. Well, that's great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man. You finished. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back. That's right. Game over. And for Democrats, right, we better get back because they come at night, mostly. Those are clips from Aliens, one of my favorite um, sci-fi flicks. It was the second one, I believe, but um, at some point, we have to understand what happened Tuesday, and we have to embrace it. It's a small step. Of course, it's a small step. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I must readjust. (laughs) It's a small step, and let's not get it confused. Oh. Let's get it confused with work that is still to be done. These are just... The kindergarten. We are we're in preschool at this point. But we must we must have a check on this madman that's in the White House. Referendums. How about this? How about this for 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 your blue wave? How about this? Um there was four states that expanded 
Medicaid, which means over 500,000 people will get health care through Medicaid, costing their state nothing. So at some point, the state of Idaho, 62% of the people in Idaho voted for the expansion of Medicaid, but they still vote for Republicans. Republicans are the one who, what is it? Is it? Somebody please, please. I don't want to, um, I don't want to speculate too much. And I really don't want to um, call people names. But um, you're so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. What's wrong with the people in Idaho? Sixty-two percent of them want to expand Medicaid, but yet they still vote for Republicans. Unacceptable. Nebraska. voted to expand Medicaid and carried on the ballot as a referendum. So Nebraska, Idaho, Nebraska, now get this one. This was the stunner for me. This was the shocker for me. Utah. That's right, Utah. Blood red Utah voted to expand Medicaid. Now, why is expanding Medicaid so important? And I think the candidate, um, the candidate in Georgia, Abrams, she laid it out because it's simple. The message was simple. And yet, the lack of Democrats to carry this message is damnable. No matter what issue we're talking about in the state of Georgia, it all comes back to this. What can we afford to do and what can we afford not to do? And what we can't afford to do is leave behind Medicaid expansion. $3 billion a year to invest in healthcare, to save rural hospitals, to create access to health insurance for more than half a million Georgians, to help thousands of veterans and military families get the healthcare they need and they deserve, to save rural communities that are watching themselves wither away because their hospitals shut down. That's not necessary in a state like Georgia where we have access to the very money we need to solve this problem. We just have to have the will and the conscience to do the right thing. Right now, hundreds of thousands of Georgians make too much to qualify for Medicaid, but too little to afford health insurance. They fall into what's called a coverage gap. But expanding Medicaid, as 33 other states have done, would fix this problem and give nearly 500,000 Georgians access to health care. No Georgian should have to fear financial ruin to get health care or pay medical bills. 
No child should have to go uninsured. Yet every year Georgia doesn't expand Medicaid, we lose $3 billion meant to pay for Georgia's health care coverage. That's $8 million a day that can be used to keep our rural hospitals open, create jobs, expand access to mental health care and substance abuse treatment, and reduce our alarmingly high maternal and infant mortality rates. As House Democratic leader, I was proud to help Georgians access life-saving health care that prevented insurance companies from discriminating against Georgians with pre-existing conditions. As your next governor, my day one priority will be to expand Medicaid in the state of Georgia. I will stand with you and I will fight for you every single day for hardworking families in Georgia to have the right to affordable and accessible health care. Stacey Abrams, the Democratic nominee and candidate for the gubernatorial seat in Georgia. She appears to be on the short end of uh, of corruption, of voter suppression, of fraud, straight up fraud from the overseer and her opponent, who is not only ran for office, but he was the Secretary of State who oversaw the suppression of votes. Make no mistake about it, the Center for American Progress is the article, and I posted it in the chat room, for the people who are the poorest in our country. We lose 14,000 lives per year. Now, it used to be 44,000 lives a year because people didn't have access to health care. Now it's only 14,000. What in the hell is so difficult to carry that message, to carry that message to the people, to carry that message for the people, for progressives? Why is that not one of the constant drumbeats? You hear all the time, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, uh, The liberals want to bring killers across the border. The caravan has, you hear the, you hear all of this fake bovine that comes across from Republicans. And yet, the honest to goodness truth is that you haven't heard enough of the Americans that are being allowed to die because Republican governors refused, refused to expand Medicaid. Refused. The red states, those are our problems. And that article for expanding Medicaid, they basically studied. Oh, and by the way, Montana kicked in too. They're expanding Medicaid. So you see, they were all against it. But 
the increase in millennials. Now, they will go after the millennial vote with lies. They will go out with the, like they tried with Medicaid and, and Medicare and pre-existing conditions after they all voted against it in lockstep. Then all of a sudden they were for it with their campaign ads, with their deluge of lies. And there's no telling how many people they got to believe it, but we soldier on. What a fool believes. And that should suffice to say this is one of the biggest blue waves, as they call it, since the exiting of Richard Nixon. And they immediately came out. Republicans immediately came out with what? They came out with denial. They came out with both sides. They came out with threats. Oh, you better not harass this president. Bull. Bull. I say grind his administration. Grind this to a halt. Because unless you grind this to a halt, we will get nothing but Republican leaning, right wing leaning solutions. Declare him as they declared Obama, untrustworthy. Declared Donald Trump as a threat to national security because in this case, you have nothing but the facts on your side. Conspiracy theories, there are none. This man is a threat to national security. And what is so disturbing, I mean, very disturbing, is that you've got this 35, 40% of the American population simply have nothing but unfettered loyalty and idolatry to his lies. You can't convince him that he's not a liar. But oh, he's shoot he's a straight shooter. He's a straight shooter. Uh who is that? Robert Wright? Robert writes, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Clinton, a Clintonista. A Clintonista. He laid it out. Now, Robert Wright is not my, is not my choice. But I'm for the truth. I'm for the actuality of telling the damn truth. You can read into who Robert Wright is and what he's done and he ain't did this or he ain't did I'll give a shit. Right now, Robert Wright is the one who says and tells you and gives and tries to give the DNC and the Democratic Party 
a hand at their messaging. Here he is. And he tells you, period. He's actually got 30, but Voters. only 20 years in. Here's an clear. updated list of Trump's 30 biggest broken promises. Number one, he told you he'd cut your taxes and that the super rich like him would pay more. I, I think there's very little benefit for people of wealth. You bought it. But his 2017 tax law has done the opposite. By 2027, according to the Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center, the richest 1% will have received 83% of the tax cuts and the richest one-tenth of 1%, 60% of it. But more than half of all Americans, 53%, will pay more in taxes. As Trump told his wealthy friends at Mar-a-Lago just days after the tax bill became law, you all just got a lot richer. Number two, he promised that the average family would see a $4,000 pay raise because of the tax law. You bought it. But real wages for most Americans are lower today than they were before the tax law went into effect. Number three, he promised to close special interest loopholes that have been so good for Wall Street investors, but unfair to American workers. Especially the notorious carried interest loophole for private equity, hedge fund, and real estate partners. You bought it. But the new tax law kept the carried interest loophole. Number four, he promised to bring an end to Kim Jong-un's nuclear program. You bought it. Kim Jong-un hasn't denuclearized. Number five, he told you he'd repeal Obamacare and replace it with something beautiful, including insurance for everybody. You bought it. But he didn't repeal and he didn't replace, which is just as well. His plan would have knocked at least 24 million Americans off health insurance, including many of you. Instead, he's doing what he can to cut it back and replace it with nothing. According to the Commonwealth Fund, about 4 million Americans have lost health insurance in the last two years. Number six, he told you, I'm not going to cut Social Security like every other Republican, and I'm not going to cut Medicare or Medicaid. You bought it. But now he's planning such cuts in order to deal with a ballooning deficit created in part by the new tax law for corporations and the rich. Number seven, he promised to protect anyone with pre-existing conditions. You bought it. But in June, his Justice Department told a federal court it would no longer defend provisions of Obamacare that protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Attorney General Jeff Sessions said the decision was made with Trump's approval. Number eight, he said he'd build a wall across the southern border. You believed him, but there's no wall. Number nine, he told you he'd invest $1 trillion in our nation's crumbling infrastructure. You bought it. But after his giant tax cut for corporations and millionaires, there's no money left for infrastructure. Number 10, he said he'd drain the Washington swamp. We are going to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. You bought it. But he's brought into his administration more billionaires, CEOs, and Wall Street moguls than in any administration in history to make laws that will enrich their businesses. And he's filled departments and agencies with former lobbyists, lawyers, and consultants who are crafting new policies for the same industries they recently worked for. Number 11, he promised to reinstitute a five-year ban on all executive branch officials lobbying the government after they leave government. You bought it, 
But the five-year ban he signed applies only to lobbying one's former agency, not the government as a whole. And it doesn't stop former officials from becoming lobbyists. Number 12, he said he'd use his business experience to whip the White House into shape. You bought it. But he's created the most dysfunctional, backstabbing White House in modern history. And has already fired and replaced so many assistants that people there barely know who's in charge of what. Number 13, he told you he'd bring down drug prices by negotiating like crazy with drug companies. We are going to get drug prices, prescription drug prices, way down. You bought it. He hasn't. Number 14, he told you he'd stop foreign lobbyists from raising money for American elections. You bought it, but foreign lobbyists are still raising money for American elections. Number 15, he promised six weeks of paid maternity leave to any mother with a newborn child whose employer does not provide the benefit. We can provide six weeks of paid maternity leave to any mother with a newborn child whose employer does not provide the benefit. You bought it. But the giant tax cut for corporations and the rich doesn't leave any money for this. Number 16, he said he'd create tax-free dependent care savings accounts for younger and elderly dependents and have the government match contributions low-income families put into their savings accounts. You bought it. He's done neither. Number 17, he said that on day one, he'd label China a currency manipulator. We are going to label China a currency manipulator. You bought it. But then he declared China is not a currency manipulator. Number 18, he said he won't bomb Syria. You bought it. Then he bombed Syria. Number 19, after pulling out of the Paris Accord, he said he'd negotiate a better deal on the environment. You bought it. There have been no negotiations. Number 20, he promised that the many women who accused him of sexual misconduct will, in his words, be sued after the election is over. All of these liars will be sued after the election is over. You bought it. He hasn't sued them, presumably because he doesn't want the truth to come out. Number 21, he said he would not be a president who took vacations and criticized Barack Obama for taking too many. I promise you, I will not be taking very long vacations if I take them at all. There's no time for vacation. You bought it. Since becoming president, he spent a quarter of his days at one of his golf properties. Number 22, Trump vowed to push colleges to cut the skyrocketing costs of tuition. You believed him, but he hasn't. Instead, he's made it easier for for-profit colleges to defraud students. Number 23, he said he'd force companies to keep jobs in America and that there would be consequences for companies that ship jobs abroad, especially government contractors. Companies are not going to leave the United States anymore without consequences. You believed him. But never before in U.S. history have federal contractors sent so many jobs overseas. There have been no consequences. Number 24, he promised to end DACA. You bought it. And then in January 2018, he promised that DACA recipients should not be concerned. We're going to solve the problem, he said. And then he reversed himself again 
and vowed to end the program by March 2018. Currently, the federal courts have stayed any action on it. Number 25, he promised to revive the struggling coal industry and bring back lost coal mining jobs. You bought it. But coal is still losing customers as utilities turn to natural gas and renewable power. Number 26, he promised to protect American steel jobs. We will put new American steel into the spine of our country. You bought it. His tariffs on steel have protected some steel jobs, but industries that use steel, like automakers and construction, now have to pay more for the steel they use, with the result that their jobs are threatened. The trade partnership projects that 400,000 jobs will be lost among steel and aluminum users. Number 27, he said he'd make America safer. You believed him. But mass shootings keep rising, and Trump has failed to pass effective gun control legislation. After 17 died in Parkland, Florida, he promised immediate action on gun safety in schools, but has done nothing. And there you have it. Somebody explain to me why. Why is it that 35 to 40% of the nation agrees and supports this man? And let me tell you like this. If you can't see the fallacy in trying to explain away the untenable lies that he spews on a daily basis. Do you realize he's up to over 6,000 lies? 6,000 in the first 560-something days of his administration. Do you realize he's over 6,000 lies? 6,000. He lies so much you can't remember the lies. And that's one of the first Am I getting company? That's one of the first tales of an authoritarian. They come in with a with a level of of lies and they just rain lies upon you. Confusing the assault on democracy. I got another clip I'll play for you about that. And it comes from, uh, oh, the, the former campaign manager for John McCain, the one who had um, the woman who could see Russia from her porch. Yeah. He's a never-Trumper now. And is that a bad thing? At some point, you have to understand, what are we talking about? What are we dealing with here? At some point, we have to bring ourselves to believe in he's lying when when his lips move. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. 
So after a while, the people are so inundated with the lies, they don't know which way is up. They can't tell. They can't see. They don't know nothing. They have nothing to speak on. And oh yeah, I did forget about Matt Whitaker, but uh, I'll, <laughs> that's how insignificant he is at this point because um, that's another um, that's another mis- malfeasance from the Democratic Party. This man believes that. He can bypass the rules, the laws, whenever he wants. He, he and he alone is the arbiter of the law. He is above the law. That's why he does what he does. He makes it about himself. Did you see he didn't go to the memorial over in, where is he at, in Paris? What a snub. <laughs> what a real snub. He, because it was raining, and he couldn't get that that fox, that animal, whatever the hell that is on his head. He couldn't afford to get it wet. So he snubbed the veterans who died. It was from a five-time deferment. who wouldn't go and serve in the war. Another Richie Rich. His daddy was rich. And I won't say his mother was good looking, but you um, you figure that out. So he snubbed the veterans. That should be a major talking point, a major scandal. We lost some Dinos. Claire McCaskill's down. I guess she was too much of a Dino. And in Missouri, the people of Missouri, while they were ousting Claire McCaskill, because, um, and I'll be honest with you about Claire McCaskill, she didn't win because there were too many Democrats that had felt betrayed by her and her votes. Her willingness to go along and get along with these people from the right, and I call them these people from the right because they don't give an inch. There's no compromise. So she was absolutely getting nothing. And others, other Dinos should go down, like Chuck Schumer, here in Illinois, Dick Durbin. You know, you can't tiptoe up to the line of progressives 
and then hold back. But the people in, in um, Missouri also voted for Medicaid. And uh, they voted to protect unions. All of these things are progressive ideas. And I'll be honest with you, yes. Progressives left her. They left her like they left Blanche Lincoln. They left her like all of the others who lose when they have the truth on their side. And that seems to be a growing problem. For Democrats, they are so afraid, so afraid of what the Republicans will say about them, that they won't stand with what they know is true, what they know is right. So, back to the blue wave. Here's some of the fallout from the blue wave. And it reads as follows. We flipped seven state governor houses, which means it went from being run by a Republican who wouldn't expand Medicaid to a Democrat who will. The first four Medicaid expansions happened not because their governor accepted it, because it passed on a referendum, on the vote of the people. But we flipped seven governorships in this blue wave. We've... um, Turned more than 390, more than a third of the state-held positions that we lost since 2010. Over 300, the exact number over 300, no, I don't know. It didn't seem to be important. But Moving on. We've, um, and this was on election night. We flipped 29 House seats. It's creeping up to 38 now. Now that they're finished uh, counting on the, um, the slow walking of the process in California. Dana Rohrabacher, Putin's favorite congressman, who's been hitched his wagon to Putin in Russia, 15, 15 term congressman, turned out defeated. The gerrymandering seems to have eclipsed 
or been eclipsed. And like always, Democrats got more than 3 million more votes for the House of Representatives. 3 million more votes. But they got more than 12 million more for Senate, and we still didn't win and take control of the Senate. And as I've also put in the chat room, and I would just hope that um, people will maintain a level of decorum (laughs) in our chat room. You know, we've got to change the way America votes. No one should stand in line for more than 30 minutes to vote. No one. Not only should the election day be a holiday, but there should be an election weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those should be the election days. There should be a nationwide voting registration automatically registers voters when voters become of age. There should be the availability of vote by mail. And all of the voting machines need to have a paper trail. Paper readouts, post-election audits are standard. We must fix, we must fix our voting system because, to be honest with you, they're about to be their best chance in Georgia and their best chance in Florida because of suppression and just flat out straight up cheating. You have to say to yourself, home of the free, or is it land of the free and home of the brave? I'm neither one. I'm not, at this point, I'm not on this side. Back in a minute. The I Declare Show. Wait a minute. Fill my cup, put some nigga in it. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media, I declare. India Declare, real, raw, and right now. This is TruthWorks Network, the Black Voice Collaborative, where the truth is spoken more than once.
I declare radio. India declare. I continue to lose this this Bluetooth I'm trying to adjust here. Uh oh. I've lost it totally. But uh, let me let me get it back in my ear. Until then, um, it won't take me long. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. Well, I got it in, but I don't know for how long. <laughs> but uh, as I was saying before, I have the You've been systematically programmed to hate Islam, hate Islam, hate Islam. You've been conditioned to blame religion through image cognition. I can make you bark like Pavlov's dog, excuse me. I can make you bow to man-made gods, repeat what you see. Error, error, repeat after me. Fear, terror, fear, terror, terror, extreme. Fear them, fear them, freedom, freedom. American dream, woman in a scarf, bomb. Man with a beard, bomb. Jihad, jihad, Islam, Era, era, delete, brainwash complete. You've been hypnotized, made to believe that Muslims are not civilized. You don't even realize it, but you have justified genocide. Kill them all, kill them, kill them all. Savage, savage, your entire country is collateral damage. The real problem is the national debt. Era, era, Muslims are a national threat. Do me a favor and don't think for yourself. Just pay taxes if you really want to help. The people in power have this all under control. And you, 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 you should be worried about the Super Bowl. Did you hear that interception on your cell phone? I had to play that because uh, I hung up on myself. <laughs> That's uh, what goes for... Radio on the fly, as I was saying. How dare you insult my my method of communication here? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now, as I was saying, don't forget the I Declare show Tuesdays. I'm sorry, Fridays. 8 o'clock Central Time, Central Standard Time. This is the I Declare Show with India Declare, your host for the real, raw, and right now. And I'm waiting for the CEO of TruthWorks Network, um, Ms. Janice Graham, to return to the airways because there's just so much she has to give and I'm waiting on her to kind of 
double back, come back, uh, make it do what it do. <laughs> ah, man, and, and a continuation. In a continuation for the blue wave. And I told you, I wasn't coming back if there was no blue wave. Well, I came back because there was a blue wave. We flipped seven state legislative houses that were majority Republican and now they're majority Democratic. Okay? We flipped three state Supreme Courts that were right-wing leaning, they're now in the hands of real jurors, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. So the blue wave itself has, um, the blue wave itself has, you know, a great deal to, to do. They've got a lot of work to do. This isn't the time to pack up and go home. This isn't the time to say, well, we're going to pull a 2009. We've accomplished what we accomplished and now we're going to go home because they never go home. And I guarantee you they will be back to sow the discourses of fear, lies, Conspiracy theories, it never ends, as Democrats can't even carry the truth. They can't carry the truth around with them in the face of all the lies. Oh, we support uh, previous conditions, pre-existing conditions. We support that. I support it. They won't tell you how. They won't tell you what it is, and they won't tell you where it is. They'll just lie to you because they know it will go unchallenged. And because they said it, and that the people who are they are directing their lie to will believe their lie. They don't feel a need to explain it or to be honest about it. Honesty is not their strong suit. It's not how they roll. A lot of it has a great deal to do with the mindset of those they align to. Uh, the, the gubernatorial candidate in Florida, he, you know, we have these people who jump out and stick their necks out there and win or lose. And when they lose, they seem to fade into obscurity. Hopefully, Gillum will remain on the scene along with O'Rourke, Berto O'Rourke. They will remain on the scene along with Stacey Abrams. I hope they remain on the scene because it's much needed. It is much needed. 
We are fighting for a democracy. This wasn't just a one-night fight. This is going to be an annual thing. This is going to be a moving toward an election. The fight right now, the message right now should be going out and a drumbeat of Donald Trump. He brought in a clown as he fired a Keebler elf, another bigoted, racist clown. And that should tell you a great deal about him. One of his loyal supporters, who had no other no other remedy but to recuse himself, he had no choice. The law says he recuses himself, but Donald Trump believes he's above the law. That's why he appointed um, Mr. Nobody. And he's, he, he's, on the, he's on the fence talking about he was cleared, he was um, given Senate approval for his, um, his federal, to be a federal prosecutor, and that's all he needs now. Hell no. And that's one thing, that's the drumbeat that they should, that needs to, we need to hear. We need to hear because not enough Democrats step before a camera and a microphone. Not enough of them. That's right, Otis. The ballots in that post office in in Florida. I posted that too. Something like something like forty um, forty boxes of votes of ballots are in a post office that um, this Caesar Savick sent the mail bomb, sent the pipe bomb through. And it's been closed down. Do you really think? And this is in Florida. Now, A, who's kept it closed down this long? B, and if you couldn't get the votes out of it, they should be going, Democrats should be going to court and claiming, what do they call it? Extrogen circumstances to count these ballots, 40 boxes of ballots or thousands of ballots. I don't care who they voted for. They should be counting. Medicaid expansion, the lies and cheating, and the harm of voter suppression. You see, we didn't get enough people out. There are far more of us than there is of them. And we simply didn't get enough people out to vote our way. 11% of the millennials from up from 8% wasn't enough. But we're about to flip 38 seats 
that were held by Republicans. Did you see the some of the <laughs> some of the notorious losers was uh, the Russian puppet um, Dana Rohrbeck or Arbeck, whatever the hell his name is. The woman um, who didn't want to give the license to a gay couple and being feigned that liberals were picking on her, liberals were threatening her, and uh, she lost her job too. They did not reelect her to be secretary of whatever, clerk, clerk or whatever the hell she was. She went down in flames. And and here's here's the 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 what do they call it coup de gras. Donald Trump began to be a love, you know, the black Republican. She got squished, stepped on, and Donald Trump basically paraded their names out because and and. Labeled them as not loyal enough to him. So they went down in flames. This is a very dangerous individual. Very dangerous. He has to go. He has to go pure and simple. 929-1380 929-477-2867 Something ain't right Something ain't right Maybe I just need to clean my glasses But um there's a blur here, and I hope that's all it is, is my glasses. But I'm going to try to clean them and hope that that's the problem. I want to talk to you about, well, this is Steve Schmidt, you know, the campaign manager with the woman who could see Russia from her porch. And who fought diligently for ignorance, for that kind of ignorance? Steve Schmidt, does anyone grow courage within the Republican Party uh, because the returning Congress will see a shift of power against this president? Absolutely not. The Republican Party (laughs) won't be chastened. It'll be emboldened. The Republicans that have lost, the lesson that will be taken from this election is they lost because they didn't embrace Trumpism fully. That had they engaged in the incitement tactics that will have worked in states like Ohio, where Mike DeWine was elected governor, in Florida, where Gillum went down to DeSantis, that's the lesson, that's the takeaway from Republicans. But we shouldn't bury the lead here. And the lead is this, we know something right now that we didn't know this morning. And that is, come January, there's a check on Donald Trump. Democrats hold the subpoena power. The unchecked corruption is at its end. All of the Trump officials who have abused the taxpayer, who have serially lied to the country, 
they now will be held to account. I disagree with Donna that very much is going to get done. I think nothing will get done. Our politics is broken. It's paralyzed. There will be chaos. It will get worse. But Donald Trump will be much less able to abuse his power than he was for the last two years. That's the headline out of tonight. The other thing that comes out of tonight is this, is Donald Trump has stoked what I've called a cold civil war in this country. He's pitted the country regionally against each other. He's turned different races against each other, different religions against each other. And we see the battle lines and where they're being drawn. Trumpism was repudiated in suburban America, in urban America today. It was emboldened and validated in rural America today. And that's going to have enormous implications as we get ready for the presidential election. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSN. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. Let me go to ooh, the people on the board waiting. Let me go to the first caller. We're waiting just a little longer. Five oh one. Five oh one. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to Truth Works Network. How are you, Alpha? A good show. It's I enjoy listening to it. Say again. It's a good show. I enjoy listening to it very much. Oh, thank you. I think that's the third or fourth time I've been in your show and and listened to it specifically myself. Okay, hold up. Is this Nas? No, this is is Paul. I'm in your chat room, Tea Party Paul. Okay, okay. I I always miss Nas's voice. (laughs) That's Paul. Thank you. That's okay. That's okay. Thank you for calling in, man. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, we can we can talk about Donald Trump if you want, or we could talk about uh, when I got involved in the politics in in 2010. I was a, a union worker at AT and T, right? Largest private employer union in the United States of America is AT and T, uh, CWA, Communication Workers of America. The reason I got involved in politics in 2010 is you said Blanche Lincoln earlier in your show. She was a senator uh, from the state of Arkansas who lost to a gentleman by the name of Tom Cotton. Uh, in that particular election, Tom Cotton beat her by almost 18 percentage points. But the reason that I got involved in politics is I was at AT&T. The CWA brought particular pamphlets to my job and said, hey, uh, we need to vote Democrat. Uh, Obamacare is going to be great for us, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't believe that. I went out and, and read about it myself, read about Medicaid expansion from 104% of federal poverty level to 133% of federal poverty level. Uh, After 2018, states would have to pay for Medicaid expansion, not the federal government. The federal government would get 60% of subsidies for the next two years. So from 2014 to 2016, the federal government paid 60% of all Medicaid expansion in the states, et cetera. So I was like, whoa, what what effect is this going to have on me and my daughter? Because I'm a single dad, so I have a daughter that's 13 years old. So I asked myself, what what is this going to have an effect on the health care that I get from AT&T or the job that I got? Uh, in DSL tech support in, in Arkansas. Uh, so I decided to go join a Tea Party rally on the state capitol steps in Little Rock with about 5,000 other people, uh, men, women, all colors, races. They had brought their kids out there, strollers, et cetera. It was a straw poll for the 2nd Congressional District, which used to be ran by Vic Snyder. Funny thing is, when Vic Snyder lost in 2010, he was a Democrat here in the 2nd Congressional District. He's now been a uh, uh, part of the board members 
uh, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield for the last six years. I thought that was pretty hilarious. But I decided to get into politics, and uh, I advocated against Obamacare at that time. And a lot of coworkers that I worked with here in Little Rock advocated for Obamacare. We had zero uh, premiums, so AT&T gave us our insurance. We had a $200 deductible, which is magical, right? AT&T gave its employees for 27 years a $200 deductible. This was in 2010. Obamacare passed, of course. You know about the elections of 2010. They passed Obamacare uh, on Christmas Eve in the state house, in the House of Representatives. Scott Brown was elected in Massachusetts. They won six Senate seats. Republicans did in 2010, et cetera, et cetera. But they passed Obamacare uh, in the lame duck session of 2010. My deductible went to $900 for me and my daughter. In 2013, my deductible at AT&T for the first time in 27 years went from $900 to $1,800 with me and my daughter. Also, in 2015, the year after my deductible went to $1,900, I had to pay a $78 premium, uh, $40 copay, and my deductible was $1,900. All within here in central Arkansas. I went from not having to pay a premium, having a $200 deductible with AT&T, which I've been employed for 27 years, having a $1,900 deductible, $70 plus premium, right, and $40 copays on prescription. Now, how is that beneficial to me or the workers of CWA? Alpha. I'm here. Hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, I hear okay, you. Okay, because you're fading in and out. I apologize. No apology necessary. My earplugs must jet. <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes, right? Well, I, I need I need a new Bluetooth, and uh, I just can't seem to get one. But uh, who, I've who gone... is your provider through? Are you oh, a Verizon, AT&T, Sprint? I'm AT&T. You need to go to an AT&T store and ask them. Tell them, look, I do a radio show. I need the best uh, microphone bit rate I can get. So when you walk into the AT&T store, ask them, I need the best microphone bit rate that I can get. That's what you need to ask for in in your Bluetooth. Okay, because right now my Bluetooth is hanging by a wire. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's a lot of people because they use it in their like my brother-in-law. He's a truck driver. Uh, he uses his Bluetooth every day. So then when uh, he has to stop his truck, he has to hang his Bluetooth up, take his headset off. And after doing that a thousand times, eventually those wires get pulled. Well, well, tell me this, Paul. Yeah. You gave me all of those. You gave me all of those examples of the differences, the things that happened to you when you went, when Obamacare kicked in? Yes, sir. Why is it that you look at Obamacare as the as the reason when you were getting these this health care? See, I used to, I had Blue Cross Blue Steel. They were paying 90-10. They were playing. They were paying ninety percent. I didn't have to pay a dime. I didn't have to pay a dime. And this wasn't Obamacare that plunged them into. We're going to charge this, or we're going to charge that. 
That was Blue Cross Blue Shield. And they began to charge that because under the law, they had to give you a policy that was meaningful, that covered the things that Obamacare demanded that they cover. So they chose, the insurance company chose that option to A, increase your deductible, increase your monthly, increase your, your everything. And see, this is what a lot of people have missed about what Obamacare did. And, and the reason that, that that happened, too, was because there's no public option. Because if there were a public option, this was insurance you were getting from your job, on the job. Mm-hmm. It's employer-based coverage, yep. This was separate from the Affordable Care Act. It was separate so from the gold, silver, and bronze plans, yes, sir. Why did it change? It changed because the insurance companies felt obligated to strike back. They felt obligated to reach and grasp for profits. So they Can said, I ask you a question? Well, go ahead. Uh, why have insurance companies, since Obamacare passed, insurance company stock prices went up 63%. Why is that? That was part of the deal. They were delivered millions of new customers. That is the downside of no public option. Had there been a public, do you think that people who could have received a public option was opted to stay with a pricey insurance company? Do you realize insurance companies for administrative costs take up to 25% off the top, whereas Medicaid... I'll tell you another another secret. And it's a real-life example. Uh, my sister has worked for Arkansas Blue Cross for 17 years. Not only did Vic Snyder go there as the chairman of the board after Obamacare passed and he lost his election in 2010, did you know Blue Cross Blue Shield is actually a nonprofit? So you said they're a nonprofit. Yes. Uh, and the reason I'm hesitating right now, I'm trying to – Get a better, better seating in my wheelchair. But uh, uh, I understand. Uh, hey, your Bluetooth is working. That's a key. Hold <laughs> on, oh, you have a speakerphone. Now I've trashed the Bluetooth. Yeah, it's laying on the table, and I got to get, <laughs> and I got to get another one because um, I'm basically about to trash it because I'm tired of the problems. Uh, but. Um, I had the same issue as you when I had a little connector to my Apple iPhone. I had a Bluetooth connector, and every time I went to pull it out, the, the wire got frayed. And as the wire got frayed, eventually down the line, I wasn't able to talk or even do my phone. I wasn't able to talk first, and I, and then I had to unplug it. And then when I unplugged it, uh, it went automatically to speakerphone. But I, I know where you're coming from. But uh, this is... This is no nobody is doing but myself. I'm I'm unable to get out, and so I have to depend on someone else to, to do the shopping for me, to do all that kind of stuff for me, and uh, that's just where I am. But uh, back back to the to the topic at hand. You said, and I was looking for this. That's why I was kind of stalling. Let's see. 
United Healthcare Signa Centra Edna. Okay. Okay. So you say Blue Cross Blue Shield is nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. I can and I've got the I've got the profits that the others make. And I say the others, I'm talking about Cigna. The CEO from Cigna makes a hundred and four thousand dollars per day. Per day. The mm-hmm. CEO of United makes $254,328 per day. Centra makes 107000 a day. Edna, 57000 a day. Humana, 50000 a day. And Athlon, 31000 a day. These are the CEOs mm-hmm. of the largest uh, insurance companies, and this is what they make on a daily basis. Now, yep. when Blue Cross Blue Steel, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's the, I thought that said Blue Cross Blue Steel. That's Af. Who, is, who has purchased Blue Cross Blue Steel? Because, no, they're still, they're still uh, individual. I, but at, at the moment, they can't cross state lines, so it's, it's individual. You have an Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield, Ohio Blue Cross Blue Shield, et cetera, et cetera. It's broken into states. And you know that's one of the that's one of the um, that's one of the talking points that you got to you got to have insurance uh, be sold across state lines. That and that that was mm-hmm. a I mean to me that was just a level of propaganda that they throw in so there. Let me, let me, can I ask you one more question, Alpha? I appreciate Go you ahead. having a discussion with me. I really do. When Obamacare passed in 2010, there were 17 million people without insurance. Right now, there's 23 million people. Why is that? Well, when Obamacare passed, when Affordable Care Act passed, there were more than 17 million people without insurance. And there are more, there are more people on the rolls now because the level of sabotage. The Trump administration has begun to stop paying the premium. And the enrollment has fallen because... They stop the appetite. You know, at, at every level, they are beginning to sabotage. Obama, do you remember what Trump said? Obamacare is dead. How many times did he say that a couple of years ago when he first came into well, John, office? John, John McCain put his finger down, so I, I understand that, yep. Okay, John McCain put his finger down. But now you know the, uh, the boy from uh, Arizona, Kyle? And you're talking John about Kyle. Uh, yeah. uh, it's John Kyle. You're talking about some kind of uh, obsequious uh, ass tonger for the Republican <laughs> Party. He's on that seat. And if you think he is that, a lifelong establishment Republican, yes, he is. If you don't think that he will vote in the downfall of Obamacare, just give it a chance. Just wait and see. Because so what has what has, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Other than putting other than putting more people on Medicaid, which we can all agree Medicaid is is nowhere near uh the type of insurance that we maybe got through our private employers and our employer based coverage at AT and T or wherever you did when you got Blue Cross Blue Shield, which you said earlier in the conversation. Uh, Medicaid pays seventy six percent of what private employers do 
or private insurance due to, to doctors and hospitals. So how is adding more people to Medicaid that pay 76% compared to a private insurance uh, going to keep hospitals or doctors alive? Because as far as profitability when, wise. When, when before there was this offering to expand Medicaid and to before the Affordable Care Act happened, over 44,000 yeah. Americans died every year from not having access to health care. You remember the health clinics that people like the late Ed Schultz used to have in certain states of in certain southern states where people who didn't have health care came in to get what was basically free health care. And the number of people that left out of there in an ambulance because their health was so dire that they needed help right now. 44,000 people died before the Affordable Care Act was passed. Little more than 17 million people had no health care. Now there are only 14,000 who die because they have they lack health care, and that's only because there's been an expansion to Medicaid in a, in a quite a few states. The number went from 44,000 to 14,000, and now we have four new states that are looking to expand Medicaid. Well, you know, Medicaid was expanded in Arkansas under a supermajority Republican legislature and a Republican governor who has the highest approval rating in the United States of America by the name of Ava Hutchinson. They expanded Medicaid and added 214,000 people to the Medicaid rolls here in Arkansas, but they did pass a work requirement. So these people over six months have to prove that they put in either four applications at a specific job or had two interviews at a specific job over six months. And eligibility for Medicaid dropped by 48,000. Why is that? All these because numbers they, I say you can look up on Google and type them in Google just to, just to, I don't, just I don't to verify what I said. I don't question your numbers because I believe them. And see, yes, when, you, when, you have to, when you have to prove that you're trying to get work, when most of your Medicaid uh, patients-to-be, they are already working, and they're working more than one job. And because they're working more than one job, they become ineligible because they're making too much money. This is not a situation where you can uh, cherry pick. You can put throw crumbs out to people. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about people's health. Now, if they were true barristers, true champions of the right to have to health care. There would be no work requirement. At every turn Republicans they you know why they expanded the Medicaid in in Arkansas? They're called voters. Why is that? They're called voters. They knew that well, if they well, expanded well. Medicaid and threw a caveat in there that, oh, but now you gotta work for it. And I'm not looking to give people something for nothing. I am simply saying to you that the majority of people who receive Medicaid are already working. They just make too much money to be eligible. Well, how could they make too much money and then be eligible for Medicaid, though? Because for, uh, eligibility for Medicaid in almost every state that has it as an individual with no kids is 
is like $19,700 a year. So if you're eligible for Medicaid as a single person with no children, $19,700 a year is what, like $9 an hour, $8.80 an hour? What is that? I don't know the math right off the top of my head. It's under $9 an hour. Right, it is. It's under $9 an hour. So if you are making under $9 an hour and you've got your rent, you know $9 an hour is not enough to sustain a two-bedroom apartment or or a studio. At some point, there are priorities that have to be met, and I would think that everybody's health care should be one of those priorities. That's, that's well, all I'm I saying. Actually, if the federal minimum wage is $8.50 an hour, right? That's the federal minimum wage. Barack Obama raised that. Uh, and Medicaid eligibility is $19,700 a year. Then why did they raise medical uh, Medicaid eligibility under under Obamacare from 100 and something percent, 104% of the federal population to almost over 130%? Why is that? So now people who are making $11.20 an hour can get on Medicaid in nine states. They're making they're making almost three dollars more than the federal minimum wage, two dollars and seventy cents to be exact than the than the federal minimum wage, but yet they can still be eligible for Medicaid uh, as an individual with no kids. And they still can afford a two three bedroom apartment, depending on where they live. Yes, sir. On that salary, they still can't afford a roof over their head. And see, it seems to be okay with people that. You have corporations who are paying them these poverty wages when they have to make that choice between shelter and health care, between food on the table and health care. Who has Even to make that choice? Say what? Who, who has to make that choice? The people who aren't getting paid a livable wage. What, what's a livable wage? A livable wage. Right now, a livable wage is $22 an hour. A so do you think somebody in San Francisco making $22 an hour can actually afford a house and health care? Do you think somebody well, making $22 an hour in Los Angeles can afford a house and health care? I guarantee you in well, Arkansas, if somebody makes $22 an hour, uh, they're going to be extraordinarily wealthy. Well, you're talking California and, and San Francisco. You're talking about the highest housing in the land, in the nation. Let's talk about Seattle. Seattle, Washington. Do you think somebody making $22 an hour in Seattle, Washington can afford health care and housing? Do you think somebody in New York City, New York, making $22 an hour can afford housing and health care? So I'm naming you liberal city after liberal city that have been ran by Democrats for decades and decades, where even making $22 an hour, they cannot afford health care and housing. But every Republican state or city, I can name you Little Rock or Memphis or Nashville or Birmingham or uh, Tallahassee or Jacksonville, Florida, et cetera, somebody making $22 an hour will be extraordinarily wealthy. They can easily afford health care and housing. Why is that? Well, in, in those places that you've named, you have yeah. to agree that the cost of living is nowhere near, nowhere near what it is in Los Angeles and in New York, and in those quote-unquote liberal cities. Am I right? Well, why is that? Why is the cost of living so much higher in those liberal cities than everywhere else in the country? If you can stipulate to that, the cost of living in Mm -hmm. the so-called liberal cities, 
Yes, sir. Means that means that there is an abundance of choices. There's an abundance of choices. Think about it. Our poorest states, the most people on on uh, welfare come from red states. The people who contribute back to the government for what they get are red states. Mm-hmm. Well, because they raised and, the federal poverty level from 104% to 132%. So when they raise that federal poverty level, somebody in Los Angeles who makes $20 an hour who can't afford anything, of course they're above that federal poverty line for Medicaid compared to somebody in Alabama, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, compared to Washington, California, New York, right? Because they have to have a wage that provides them a cost of living or the ability to buy an apartment or buy health insurance, et cetera, be able to get to work, out of work, buy their kids school clothes, food, et cetera. Uh, so the cost of living there is so much higher. But why is the cost of living there so much higher compared to these other places? So when you have a federal sweeping law that says 133% of the federal poverty limit is $28,000 a year, right? That's 133. It's $28,000 a year. Of course, in these red states, people who make less money because cost of living is less, but yet they can still get an apartment, they can go to school, they can get housing, clothes, etc. in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, places with no state income tax or lower state income taxes compared to California, Washington, and New York, uh, they're able to achieve a lot more with their dollar. So the value of the dollar in those, in those 32 states that we are so-called Republican, other than when the seven governorships uh, flipped, the cost of living is, is like 50% lower. So why is that? Because what they contribute back to the government is far less. Those liberal states that you speak of, for every dollar that they send to Washington, they get 89%, 78%. They get far less than a dollar back because of the abundance of the population and the taxes that they pay. Mississippi gets a dollar seventy nine cents per Do you know the three states with the highest taxes per citizen in their individual states are? With the the state the state tax? Yes. The three, the three states. I named California, Washington and New York. Yeah. Vermont and Connecticut are far behind. I would not doubt the Chicago be State of Illinois is, is is high up there too, but when I say well, to yes. you that I, Illinois is crazy, I used, I used to have the total list in my yeah. favorites here, so I could just run it. I mean, and it appears to be. I think in the whole list there was maybe two blue states that exceeded a dollar. Everybody else was a red state, and I'm talking. Well, you understand. A dollar you understand a. A lot of that has to do with the uh, – you understand that the agriculture bill that the Congress passes every year has food stamps and subsidies for farms in it, right? So 80 90% of the farm bill, what they call the farm bill, is agricultural subsidies. So we're to our farmers. They get subsidized for their crops and losses, et cetera, et cetera. So food stamps is attached to the agriculture bill. They call it the farm bill. So whenever you hear farm bill in the United States Congress, that's, that's what we're talking about. So a lot of these – Statistics or, or stats you pull up on liberal states only get 70 cents on the dollar, et cetera, et cetera. And Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Oklahoma get a dollar ten on the dollar, et cetera, are because of the agriculture or farm bill. Now, I don't believe that you should subsidize farms if they lose money. 
but I don't think you can go right. to the breadbasket of America not making corn, green beans, here in Arkansas, soybeans and rice. Uh, Stuttgart, Arkansas, Riceland is the largest rice provider uh, in the United States of America. Uh, I don't think if you had these farm baskets that people in California and New York would have anything to eat, right? Well, I would, I would say no, because California has its own growth. They do their own growing. Now, there are parts of California that they don't grow. They grow more of what the climate dictates. Now, when you talk Grapes about for corn, wine, stuff like that. Yeah, when you talk about, you know, at some point, we have to understand, this is not a, a, a either-or nation. This is a one helps the other, one hand feeds the other. I don't believe in farmer subsidies either, but we get them. I don't believe in the uh, the amount of money we spend on military industrial complex that steals billions a year. And all so we both agree farm subsidies are a little crazy, right? Farm <laughs> subsidies are way crazy. Way so crazy. why so should we why should we subsidize health insurance if we if farm subsidies are crazy? Why should we subsidize people's health insurance? Why would that be? Why would we subsidize wars? Unnecessary wars. Take the ones we just come out of. Why is it that we always and only have money when it comes to wars, when it comes to tax cuts, when it comes to yeah. enriching the already rich? Now, Why is it that we now, have money for that? Al- Alpha, go to a, a website. It's called taxplancalculator.com, right? I'm going to save $1,400 on my taxes next year because of the tax cuts. I make less than $27,000 a year uh, at the moment here in Arkansas, me and my daughter. I'm going to save $1,400 in in tax cuts. So should I be able to keep more of my own money unless the federal government takes it and then they distribute it through all these federal workers, all these bureaucrats, and they distribute it back to me through Medicaid and food stamps? Why, Why? why would I want to give them my money, pay 20 federal workers to, to mess with my money, and then distribute it back to me through the federal government in some type of, of either subsidy or federal program when I could just keep more of it in my own pocket and invest it how I see fit? Okay. Paul, the $1,400 that you will realize in this tax cut will go yeah. no, no further for you than if you didn't get it. You were talking about something that's minuscule, and it's not fourteen hundred dollars for me is in, is in crumbs. Oh, okay, it is in crumbs. It's not minuscule to you, but in the big picture, it is. And I say that, and I don't say that. Well, Can you, you know, name me somebody whose taxes weren't cut? Do you think there's anybody making less than sixty-four thousand dollars a year whose taxes weren't cut? I think the majority of Americans didn't. Do you think that this tax cut that they put in helps the, the yeah. middle class and the the lower middle class? Oh, exceptionally you well, yes. You think that you think they? I'm in the lower class. Affected? I'm in the lower class, and it's going to save me fourteen hundred dollars a year, according to TaxPlanCalculator.com. Okay, I am here to tell you one thing: fourteen hundred dollars means nothing. If you're paying more for gas, if you're paying more for 
see things that I'm not paying more for gas. Oil prices oil prices are at a thirteen year low at the moment. An oil barrel is like sixty six dollars a barrel at the moment. So I'm not paying more for gas. There's no inflation. The the Federal Reserve came out two months ago and said there's no inflation. Inflation is inflation actually for the first time in seventeen years is lower than wage growth. Well, well, Paul, I'll I'll say it to you, and as as best I can. Yes, sir. Fourteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars a year in tax savings is not going to float anything for you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you a great deal because of what you say you make. Yes, sir. But because of your location and where you are. $27,000 a year seems to be very acceptable. But I live here in Chicago, and I couldn't make it on $27,000 a year. Oh, no, I know. I know Chicago's been ran by Democrats for 60 years. I understand. But in Arkansas, $1,400 in tax savings pays my rent for three months. The right? fact that Democrats run it, the fact that Democrats have run Chicago, New York, uh, California. Los Angeles. Look at California. Yes. Look, at, look at California. Now you want to say that they ran it for years. Under Republican yes, running, California was looking at the face of a $26.4 billion deficit. $26.4 billion deficit. The, boy, the, mm-hmm. the governor came from Brown. He raised the taxes on the rich, not on the middle class, not on the poor. He raised the taxes on the rich. And now they're looking at an $8.3 billion surplus. Look at Minnesota, the same thing. Look at Kansas. Look at Kansas. Look at what Brownback did to Kansas, cutting taxes, cutting education, cutting people on welfare. The state went bankrupt, and they had to raise the taxes. They had to backtrack and raise the taxes. All across the western Oregon, Portland, all up and down. Is there a higher higher poverty level in California or Kansas? Do you know? I know the the numbers. Is there a higher poverty level in California or Kansas at the moment? There has to be a higher poverty level in California. There are over 40 million people in California. How many people are in Kansas? Just, I'm, I'm talking about percentages, right? Now, the percentage, the percentage has to be uh, swayed the same way. If there are more people in California, the poverty level has to be higher in California. I'm not as a no, percentage of the population. That's just bad. That's just the math of it. Yes, sir. So, Paul, it's been great talking to you, man. I got another call here. I want to thank you for calling and keep listening. Will you? No problem, Alpha. I appreciate you uh, taking my call and discussing things with me. Oh, absolutely. Go Trump 2020. (laughs) Go where? Go to jail? Oh my God! Okay, let me see. And I know he's been holding a while, and I want to apologize for that. Nine two nine 
877-286-7. Let me get 954. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to Truth Works Network. Aloha, Brother Sensei. How you doing, man? Delated happy birthday. Oh, thank yeah, you. And heard thank you, you. you coming Spider-Man there in Chi-Town. <laughs> man, I got so much to catch up on you with, man. You in India and uh, Andre, hope all you cats are in good health and spirits. I'm still here in Hawaii. But uh, to make it as concise and quick so somebody else can get in. Brother, you know, as far as voting and the YouTube crowd, this young crowd that's out here, you know, the Jason Blacks, the uh, Tyreek Nasheed, Cynthia G's, Professor Black Truth, he's out there in your Chicago. And I really dig this cat. But a lot of these other brothers got good videos, documentaries anyway. But uh, the thing can become annoying is how everyone wants to sound the alarm. And I um, think that's all there is to it. As far as voting goes, you know where I stand with that because I only voted once in my entire life, and that's when Jesse Jackson ran back in the 80s. And when he went over to secure Lieutenant Goodman's uh, release from Syria, his cadre was with Farrakhan that accompanied him, uh, Wyatt T. Walker, uh, Reverend Wright, I believe, and, uh, definitely Al Sharpton, and I think Fontroy. But anyway, after that, we had the three damn stooges held two of the highest positions in this country, president and attorney general, Obama, Holder, and Lynch. And, you know, I'm fed up with getting these folks employment. That's why I didn't care about what that dude was doing down there for governor in uh, Florida, and that's just over there in uh, where, Texas. Man, later for that, we, we can't go up dealing like this anymore because unless we got some Adam Clayton Powell Juniors, some Harold Washingtons and Chokwe Lamumba, those are the only people I will support and come out with because we will have an agenda. We will get some kind of benefits and some tangibles from this voting. We're wasting our time and we shouldn't just stop there. I'd be damned if I have any of my children think God they're all grown. And uh, I'll be 66 the 18th this month, brother. So you and my senior, what, two months? And uh, we should not pick up a weapon for this country, man. Forget forget even about voting. Just go back and reclaim our neighborhoods again. Start building out what we had at one point. You know, and um, we are really getting duped out here. I mean, these folks are getting away with these false 911 calls on black folks in this country. And none of these idiots are arrested or doing time for this as a false alarm. Every state has a penal code. I looked them all up, even in Hawaii. If you do it here in Hawaii, it's a Class A misdemeanor, and you will go to jail and you will get fined. It's on the books in Chicago. It's on the books in New York, Miami, everywhere else, L.A. So these idiots should be, these supremacists should be, getting locked up for these 911 calls. And these cops go out here and know that these cats are licensed armed carriers and they have these shootouts, but yet they manage to get these guys taken alive, you know? And that one brother down there in uh, uh, um, Tennessee or Kentucky, the Kroger, 
I'm glad the brother was strapping, man. You know? He was able to stand up and yeah. that sister down there in South Carolina. You know, I'm glad she was packing, too. You know, now, and you know how quiet they kept that, right? I also got, um, I'm trying to get all this in at one shot, brother, because there's some stuff I really want to hip you to and, and stay back in touch. You know, when Dick Gregory died, I believe he um, obviously told his son to say that there was no medical um, shenanigans with him, which I don't believe. I, they, they took the brother out, you know. They yep. definitely took Dick Gregory out. So as far as the voting thing, I know you catch you, Lee, and uh, Michaels, and you're still going that route, man. We we got to change our plan. And, you know, the Jews now, now they got the revised wake-up memo. They're treating us like black people in this country, these schmucks. You know, like that idiot over in Orlando that got busted at the airport. Oh, really? Welcome to the club, man. No shit, you know? They're treating us yeah. like black people. You know the rabbis didn't say that. Some people that got killed out there in that synagogue, you know. And they know these cats got these histories, man, because... The jail should be full of these white supremacists. You know, they're committing all the crimes in TV and movies and for real, but yet the jails are full of black and brown people. That same old reality, man. So, you know, brother's talking about going back to Africa. I can dig it, but I see what's going on. You know, what they're trying to do in Ghana, and forget about South Africa for the moment, you know, where they're going with that. But, man, listen, I, I had I tried to hang on to those two Hawaiian cheeseburgers for you on standby, but I had to indulge. <laughs> I'm waiting for you guys to get over here. I extended to uh, Sister CEO Janice. I'll take care of you guys' accommodations. You know, you can get up the airfare and scoot on over here for about a week. You know? Well, but, um, there's more I want to get, get in touch with you about. Well, around here right now, I can't even get out of the house. I'm wheelchair yeah, bound. It's got to be cold and snowing there, huh? Yeah. Well, it just turned yeah. cold, and we just had our first snow today. So oh, today. That's oh. where that. Yeah. That's where oh, that man. is. So. Well, good to hear your voice, man. And see, brothers can't even get bit by a spider and not become a superhero, man. I guess you're not Peter Parker, huh? <laughs> No, that just went that went south real fast. Brother was in <laughs> brother was in ICU. Brother was in ICU for two days. His kidneys had failed. Man, that's so some hard stuff, out. brother. And they got my kidneys going again. And they got them all worked up again. And lo and really? behold, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't stand up, and I couldn't walk. Man, that sounds as bad as getting bit by a tick. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still serious, serious stuff. But, um, well, hey, yeah, man, come on out here and get a couple of pineapples, man, and watch some of these chicks uh-huh. dance. Well, You'll get back real pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man, for your call. I appreciate All right, brother, I'm going to stay in touch with you, man. Okay, stay mahalo, in touch, man. man. And, uh, Ole Makahiki Ora, that's Happy New Year since you just had your birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday to okay, you, too, brother, All right, man. <laughs> Mahalo, man. You take care of yourself. Appreciate it. 
seven minutes about seven minutes left in the program and I want to say you can't sit on your hands you can't retreat and go home now this is no time for going home we have momentum this is a constant drumbeat if they can spread conspiracy theories with their lies, we can spread conspiracy theories with the truth. That no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion mean that this president has brainwashed 35 to 40% of the country with. The lackeys, that he is putting in office. January 3rd is not too far away. What will this clown do in the next six weeks to destroy our democracy? And oh, by the way, he's on his way to Russia or to Paris, and he will I repeat, he will meet with Vladimir Putin. And Putin will give him his marching orders. Because now that he's taken the United States down this far, he needs to find out what else he has to do. He is a master of deception. He's a canard. He's not a total idiot. But he's getting there. I want to thank Paul, Tea Party Paul. I want to thank Aronde. I haven't heard from Aronde in a few years. And whatever you do, continue to soldier on and continue to fight these people. They are the party of racist bigots. They are the party of liars. They are the party of cheats. They are party of just damn. Let's not allow them to recapture some of the weak minds that they have captured after the 2008 Democratic victory. No, Democrats are not the answers. Progressives are the answer. The progressive agenda must be adhered to. The Dinos, the Schumers, the Pelosi's. Now, 
51, 52 people don't want Nancy Pelosi as speaker? If that's the case, she'll only win by 150 or 168 to be to be clearer, to become the speaker. Yes. She tore her ass with me when she said, we're going to look forward, we're not going to go backwards. And didn't hold the bankers and the Bushes and the rich and elite accountable because she was a rich and elite. She still is. But where are you going? And I'll continue to ask that question. Where are you going? Some of the races that Democrats lost, they lost by the margin of the Green Party. What did the Green Party win Tuesday? What? They didn't win jack. Stay on point. Be a prize. You don't have to be in the Democratic Party to want Progressive changes. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Until next week, people.